This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, everybody. Nathan King of the Auburn Undercover Podcast here. Hope everybody is having a great Thanksgiving week. I have a very special guest on the podcast here today. Most of y'all know this guy. This three-time SEC Coach of the Year, Houston Nutt, joining us on the pod today. Houston, first of all, how is uh, how's your Thanksgiving week treating you? Doing great. I love Thanksgiving. Always a great time to be thankful for so many things and good to be with family. How how tricky was it for you and family when you were coaching at Ole Miss with the Egg Bowl being on this every year? How tricky is that? You know, Thanksgiving with our family has always been a little tricky because it's it's not the normal let's go just stay at our house, you know, usually involve the teams. And so uh, that was usually the day that we usually played on Friday, started Arkansas. We played LSU on a Friday. So that meant we had Thanksgiving together with our team. And then we, if we're traveling after that meal, you'd get on a plane and go to Baton Rouge. So uh, same thing, a little bit different when you're, when you're having that game either on Thursday or Friday, uh, things are a, a little bit chaotic sometimes because it's just not, oh, let's sit down with the family in the living room. No, it always meant there was a ball game involved, and sure. so there was scheduling. So scheduling was a little bit different, but it was always good to, to sit down together, especially if you had to do it with your team. It, it was a good time. I wanted to open up and ask about the Egg Bowl because uh, there are probably a lot of Auburn fans that would be very interested in this game for uh, for a couple reasons that we'll that we'll get into later, um, but I guess just just talk a little bit about that rivalry. What you know from Auburn fans who are yeah. on the outside know so much about the right. Iron Bowl. What is that rivalry like? You know what I, I was taught a valuable lesson uh, when I came from Arkansas after being a head coach at Arkansas for ten years. When I came to Ole Miss, uh, we beat Mississippi State pretty handily the first year. I think fifty two to nothing or something. I didn't think too much about the game Mississippi State. Uh, because at Arkansas, we beat them like nine out of ten times. And so I didn't think much about it. Now, our fans were, were, were making such a big deal out of the Egg Bowl, the Egg Bowl, the Egg Bowl. And when we, when we beat them the first year, you know, I just thought, hey, that's what we're supposed to do. But something happened the next year. We had a very good team. We, we, we went to the Cotton Bowl. I think we beat Texas Tech, Mike Leach's team. But before that game, we got beat by Mississippi State. And I'll never will forget. I'm going to get some horse feed for my horses. And the guy there in Pontotoc, Mississippi, says to me, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, <clears throat> even though we lost that game, we're going to the Cotton Bowl. And he says, hey, coach, make sure now. As he put that last bag of feed in my, my, my truck, he says, coach, make sure you beat Mississippi State next year. I don't want to sit and live with this thing all year long. And I knew right there what a rival was really about because he was telling me for 365 days, he's got to live at this feed store 
and these Mississippi State guys with the cowbells are going to come in ringing that bell. And remember at Arkansas, when we made the transition from Southwest Conference to the SEC, we really didn't have a rival. Uh, you know, Arkansas-Texas was Southwest Conference rival. So really our rival, we tried to manufacture one, was with LSU, uh, battle the boot and all that. So I truly realized about what a rival meant by being at Ole Miss because, boy, they live with this game in the same state and the state's divided between Mississippi State, Ole Miss. And so, man, you got to win that game. It's very, very, very important. And so I learned a valuable lesson uh, about the about the Egg Bowl, and it's important. When you're talking about this year's edition of the game, obviously there will be Auburn fans paying close attention because because of Lane Kiffin and his candidacy for them seeming like their number one target. Things have progressed over the course of the week. Um, seems like there there is a good chance that he could be Auburn's next head coach, but you know we're obviously not going to presume anything. But w- when you're a head coach in that position, um, if we're gonna if we're gonna take the steps to assume at least that at least that that he is in candidacy there, how tough is that on a week like this yeah. where? You got to look out for yourself. You got to, you know, you're 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 listening. You're doing all those kinds of things, um, but you have a game to prepare for, and, and you can't, you know, distract your players. How, how tough is a week like this for for a coach maybe in Lane Kiffin's position? I think it's so difficult. It's so difficult uh, because it's it's a major distraction, and the biggest distraction are two two other things, two two other components: your assistant coaches and your players. I think if you go the week before when it's when the noise started trickling down. And the rumors and the rumors of, just look at his team when he went to Fayetteville, Arkansas. Horrible. And they probably were better than Arkansas if you went man-to-man. But Arkansas outplayed them, outcoached them, and they wanted it more. And so that falls back on coaching. And also, if you probably did a really a, a good investigation right there, you'd probably say distractions. And your mind wasn't 100% on the Razorbacks. And so it's going to be the same thing this week. Can you get zeroed in? Now, the Egg Bowl, as you mentioned, Nathan, will be different because it's such a rival and everybody's going to put emphasis on it. You're probably going to be a little bit more, but there's still those rumors that are out there. And until you put that to rest to say, hey, I'm here, I'm an Ole Miss Rebel, the rumors are going to continue. And so I, uh, I think it's very hard to answer your question, to juggle that, and keep your team and your assistants 100% focused on the task at hand. You coached, obviously, at Ole Miss and then coached against Auburn every every year for, for 14 straight um, mm-hmm. seasons in the SEC. Talk about the, the comparison a little bit between those two, not only those two jobs, but those two, those two cultures and, yeah. and those two programs. And I guess the advantages of a place like Ole Miss um, and then what a, what a place like Auburn looks like from your perspective well i have an awesome respect for the sec and um when 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 you're at Ole miss there's a you know i I took over a program where ed orgeron recruited some good players but they hadn't won and so they're hungry for winning and the thing about auburn you know there's tradition going all the way back uh Jordan, Pat Dye, you know, it, it goes back with where you know they've won and won big. And then 
you know, you had Bo Jackson and some of these names, Cam Newton, you had these players that that's been there. And so you see a way to, to win a national title. Now, what's difficult about Auburn is you're in the same state as Alabama. That's what makes that job to me difficult. It's not easy, but it's been proven you can still win. And the fans are there. They are going to show. And I just, you know, again, when you're playing uh, Ole Miss and Auburn, you always felt like, you know, they may had a few more uh, athletes. Uh, but there were years where we felt like, you know, hey, we had more. You know, when Dexter McCluster and the guys were, were running up and down the field, man, we felt just as good. You know, like, hey, we, we got the better place, better team right now. And so, to me, you got to be happy. And if, if you're happy in Oxford, Mississippi, you ought to stay. And, hey, if, uh, if you feel like you've done all you can do there, I understand. And you want to go to Auburn? You know, again, I, it's just a, it's a hard question. It's a hard place because both of them are so good. Fans are passionate, but our fans in the SEC are passionate. You know, it, it blows my mind when I watch UCLA when there's nobody in the stands. And they got a good football team. Uh, it just blows my mind. Now, they'll probably have people when they play when they played USC, you know, that they'll, they'll have more people in the stands. But our fans, uh, they're there in the tailgates. Tailgates are full. The Grove is full. And uh, they're in those stands and they're rooting their team on in their passion about their coach. And that's what makes it hard, makes it very, very hard because both places are good. Yeah, it's that's so foreign to me to look at some of those situations where, um, you know, the, the fans are are few and far between. I went to Oxford for the first time this year um, in like five or six years. The last time I went, I didn't really spend any time downtown or anything like that. Just went straight to the game. Uh, we didn't make a reservation the night before for dinner. and that was. A huge mistake. There were so many people there, <laughs> right? And uh, you know, and I, I haven't been around Auburn for so long. It's you know, it's the same way. Just uh, just so much, so much passion right. um, in those in those SEC towns. Um, Houston, we hear a lot about the word autonomy, um, especially when it comes to bigger jobs. Especially when it comes to the Auburn job, we heard about it with both Gus Malzahn. We heard about it with Brian Harson. How important is that aspect of being a head coach and and having that freedom to run a program? the way you want and have, I guess, minimal distractions um, and, and, and kind of be the, the sole leader of things. How, how important is autonomy when you're talking about a head coaching job? Well, you know, there, there can only be one head coach and you got to have the roadmap. And the roadmap is a hey, follow me. I'm going to show you the way. And everybody has to be bought in. Now, that's not to say that Hey, you don't need you don't need boosters. You, you boy, you need that new weight room, and you need the meeting room, and you need facilities. You gotta have them, and that's so valuable. And you so there's a role for those guys too. And now you add NIL to the equation; it's <laughs> it's huge. You gotta have them. But when it comes back to that meeting room and those guys that are on that field in between the white lines, man, they gotta have one voice. They gotta have one person that they're looking to. They say, I'm following this guy. Uh, because the head coach's personality is going to be a direct reflection uh, of your team, how hard they play, how passionate they are, uh, how prepared they are, uh, how much energy do they play with, how many missed assignments you have. All those things come back to the head coach, and then it filters down to the assistants. And so it's so important to have that culture, to have that autonomy that you're talking about of one way, um, and 
everybody has to be on board and it's, it's not easy. It, it's not easy because of there's so many distractions in today's world. You know, back when I played, we all lived under one roof. We didn't have phones. You know, we were, it was pretty simple. It's football, eat, sleep, football, and, and go study. Now, you know, there's, there's internets and uh, internet with Instagrams, with Twitter, with blogs and podcasts, all these things. And so there's more distractions. And then a, a player can leave at any time, causing more distractions. And so it takes a real leader that's going to juggle all that, keep everything really tight and keep one heartbeat going. It takes a, a, a great one, I think, to, to, to handle all of those things. You talked about a few of the arms races, I think is probably the word for it right now. Facilities, NIL, transfer mm -hmm. portal. There's so many things you seem like in today's game you have to be on top of when you were a head coach what what were those what were the main arms races what what, what did you and your staff yeah. feel like every year we have to stay on top of x y and z to be the yeah. best program we can be well i had a i had a great athletic director in coach Brawls at university of arkansas and i was very young when i first got there my first year we had a fifty-five thousand seat stadium after our first year after we won the uh, tied the western conference championship he says i'm building a stadium I said, what? We're building a stadium. I said, really? I want a 100,000-seat stadium. I said, Coach Balls, no. And he said, why not? I like when people are coming around the stadium holding up two fingers and three fingers and four fingers. They need tickets. He said, yeah, but we need more than 55,000. We're going to build this thing up. I said, please don't go to 100. So we compromised. went to 72,500. And he was right. And what we were putting on the field, people were going to show. And they showed up. And so that fan base is so important. So we, we sold our program uh, by what we, the product we put on the field. But I had a great athletic director that understood facilities. And then he'd come in every day. What can we do to get better? Need a brand new weight room. Need a meeting room. Immediately, immediately. He was on it. Shovels were in the ground. And I wanted a player's lounge where I wanted to be like when I was growing up, I was a gym rat. I was a coach's son. I was always around the gym. If I wasn't studying or if I wasn't, I was around, you know, my teammates. And so I wanted that. He, he, he built me a team meeting, a, a team player's lounge. Fast forward to Ole Miss. At that particular place at the time when I got there, we needed a meeting room, we needed a weight room. We needed a, a, a dining hall. Couldn't get it. And after we won the first Cotton Bowl, I asked our athletic director, please, can we get a brand new weight room? Because if you look at LSU, and I know you want me to beat LSU. If you look at Arkansas, I know you want me to beat Arkansas. If you look at Auburn, if you look at their weight room, I know you want me to beat Auburn. Look at their weight room. The 18-year-old, when their eyes go into that building, what they see, don't think they're not comparing. Oh, this is Auburn's weight room, and this is Alabama's weight room. Oh, this is Auburn's. Oh, this is Ole Miss's weight room. This is their meeting room. This is where I sleep. They're they're judging all those things, and Mama's looking at where they're sleeping, where they're eating, where they're going to get studied, where they're going to get tutors. Couldn't get that at Ole Miss. And after the second Cotton Bowl, beat Oklahoma State the second time. Now we got to put the shovels in the ground. No, we got to build a uh, a soccer field. We had to build uh, 
where they were hosting a, a women's uh, softball tournament, had to build something there, soccer field, women's uh, softball. And I get all that. You got to have it. But the engine that drives all those other sports to be so they can we can get those things done was football. And football was, you know, we were filling the stand. So it was a mistake. And if you look at what happened after I left, Ole Miss, what'd they do? Build a weight room. They built a dining room. They built a weight room. They built a player's team meeting room. They went, they built all those things we were asking for. And so it takes that togetherness to, to win and compete in this level. Uh, you just, you have to do that. You mentioned a second ago, and, and last one, and then we'll let you go. I'm sure our listeners have really appreciated it. Uh, how important that that head coach's attitude is and everybody having to, you know, follow follow their lead. With you having been in, in the industry for so long uh, and, and seen, you know, so many situations with interim coaches, how impressive is what Cadillac Williams has done in a few weeks? Not only the record, the record's one thing, um, but just the feeling. You mentioned the, the stadium. I mean, it was a couple three and six teams two weeks ago between, between them and Texas A&M, and it felt like an iron bowl. I mean, it just how impressive has his, I guess, energy turnaround been in just a few weeks? Nathan, I, I told Kevin Carter, a, a Florida graduate who's played in the professional football league for about 15 years, I told Kevin Carter, who I work with, when I, when I, when I first witnessed Cadillac Williams on the sidelines as the Auburn Tiger head coach, there was an immediate, immediate lift. There was an immediate energy. And it came from him. I'm so impressed. I'm just, I applaud him. Uh, I, I haven't, I haven't ever met Cadillac except I was on the sideline trying to have my guys try to tackle the guy. And uh, he was hard to tackle, but uh, I've been so impressed. I told Kevin, this guy has lifted this team so much and he plays every play with them and the players know it. They feel it. And to me, I think it's so important where, where that, that player, they feed off that coach's energy and they are feeding off his energy and he is giving it, giving it to them. And, and the players know it. Cadillac Williams has done an outstanding job. He's to, to be commended for, for what he's done. It's not easy to say, Hey, you're the interim coach take over and you know, things aren't going good. And, um, I've seen a lot of teams that go the other way. It, it, it goes the other way because they're thinking about oh, where am I going? You don't see that. You don't see that. Usually, you know, you, you'll have an attitude of a team where they'll get two or three in a corner saying, I wonder where I'm going next. I wonder where we're going to transfer. Who's going to be our coach? And you don't see that kind of attitude. You see a team that's kind of on a mission that's going out there to compete. And that's what I appreciate. And that starts with Cadillac. It's funny you mentioned feeling like he's playing every play along with them. He said that is the most surprising thing about being a coach. He said it feels like he's a player. He said it feels <laughs> like it more than an assistant. Do you agree with that? Does, does it I kind do. of bring that feeling? I do. I do. I do. I, I, uh, I'm I, with him. You know, I, I can't sit there with my arms crossed on the sideline. I can't do it. I got to be in there. Got to be in there going with him. I, I, I'm with him 100%. Well, Houston, we, we really, really appreciate all of your uh, all of your insight today. I'm sure all of our listeners do as well. Thank you so much for hopping on and uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. You bet. Happy Thanksgiving, Nathan.